Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, now to the message. This is going to be the easiest Bible verse I ever ask you to turn to. Everybody, please turn to Genesis chapter 1. Okay, so that's basically the beginning. Okay, theoretically in those blue, in in the the soft cover Bibles, it's page three. I don't know how that happened. How do you not start on page one, right? But that's page three because they counted the blank page as a first page, which is just ridiculous. All right. So anyway, uh, just just turn to the beginning. Um, And we're going to talk about the beginning today. Um, uh, Plato. So there we go. The beginning. Plato said this. The beginning is the most important part of the work. And uh, Lao Tzu said, a journey of a thousand miles must begin with a single step. There's something about beginnings, right? About the start of something. They're fascinating. Um, you can influence the entire direction of a journey based on the first step, based on that first thing. You know all those, how many remember the math equations? You know, if a plane takes off from this airport going to here, but it's at one degree off when it gets that far, you know how, like it's amazing. Direction at the beginning can be so critical and so important. You know, the beginning of a book determines if you'll keep reading. Anybody got a reading list of things you're, you're hoping to read for this year? Anybody got a list? No? Am I the only one? All right. A few, a few. Okay, we got some hands. So, you know, like, I, I don't know if you do this, but I do. I'll read the book, and after, like, three or four pages, sometimes I'll be like, I don't know if I can do this. <sighs> like, yesterday I finished a book, and I was, like, 20 pages from the end, and I was like, why did I read this? I'm trying, but it's just, oh man, it's just hard sometimes to get through stuff. And there are times that the beginning of a book determines if you'll keep reading. The first impression in a relationship can go a long way. You know, that first time, the first time you meet somebody, eh, I don't know, is this, is this a good thing? Um, how I start my messages, I know I've got about 10 to 15 seconds or else you're asleep. That's it. That's it. And some of you have already, you're already gone. So I've already blew it. So I'm sorry. Um, well, at least again, happy new year, have a nap. Um, the beginnings are just, they're hugely important. Um, but they're also delicate and fragile. When we started the church, remember at the beginning days when we started this church in 2010, everything felt like it was huge. Everything mattered. It was like we were going to make or break it every day. Like every service was like, are we going to survive? It was just everything was amplified. It was so delicate. It was so vulnerable. Um, things always seem delicate or fragile in the beginning. You know, think about babies, right? Like, Everything is just so vulnerable. So it's the beginning of life, but it's just so like, like you got to keep feeding them, right? Like, and they need like care and things like that. You need to, you know, take, just watch, watch them all the time. Every sound, every movement. Uh, there's this, we had a tree that fell over in our yard uh, during Hurricane Sandy uh, years ago. And it was a Bradford pear. It split, you know, bad and we, we cut it down, but they didn't grind the stump. Um, actually, they did grind it a little bit. They did grind it. And but they didn't do all the roots and stuff. But they ground it down. It was so mowing the lawns, and you know it starts growing again. Like I, I, I'm like, are you kidding? And like lots of them, like all over the yard. And so there's lots of these little like different where all the roots you could see like there'd be little trees growing up. And I'm like, oh no, I'm mowing over. Right? I'm just mowing over these things. And then I was like, I wonder what happens if I let like one grow. So I like where it starts. I just let this one start growing. And I realized when I let the one grow, where all the roots are, they don't grow anymore. Just the one is taking all the energy. I was like, ah. So purely because it's easier to not mow, have all these little trees growing up all over my yard, I just left this one growing. Well, now it's like five feet tall. And I'm like, I've got a decision to make. 
do I want that tree there? <laughs> right? Because I can still mow over it. It's only about, I don't know, maybe an inch thick. You know, I can, I can cut that down with some clippers. So, like, I got a decision this spring. Like, am I going to lay this thing or am I going to cut it down again? But, it's, but I can make that decision now because in the beginning, things are fragile. But at the end, it's, it's going to get to a point where it's going to get a lot more complicated. Right? If I let this thing keep growing. Everything is delicate in the beginning. Relationships are delicate. Diets are delicate. We're doing, you know, you're trying to do this. I know. This is, this is going to shock everybody. I'm trying to eat gluten-free. We have a moment of silence. But apparent, for some physical reasons, some health reasons, I'm trying. So I'm reading a, a ridiculous book called Wheat Belly. All right. And, you know, it actually has got some things that make some sense. And I'm trying to eat, you know, gluten-free. I mean, the problem is everything I eat has gluten in it. So it's like I don't know what, what's left to eat. Like, what, what, what do people eat that doesn't have gluten? I don't know. Um, but it's so easy some days to be like, Screw it. <laughs> I want a donut. You know, like, I just can't do this. I can't. I can't. Like, it's so easy in the beginning stages. Like, if you're on a diet, you know, it's just easier to cheat in the beginning because you're just like, you're just so close to just, I used to eat those foods and it's still right here. And it's just one more cookie before, you know, like, but once you're all, all along the way, well, then things, they, they build a little bit. Last week, we talked about the theme for this year. And if if you don't know, the theme for this year is a year of wonder. Every year we do a different theme, and this year it's a year of, of wonder. And uh, this is a, a little calendar uh, that we made, and uh, it's got pictures of just different uh, scenes from photographers in our church, and uh, it's pretty neat. And um, this is our gift to you. If you didn't get one last week, you should have come to church. <sighs> now, we have more on the back table. We've got lots of them, so please take one, one per family. They're great uh, little calendar, year of wonder calendars. So if you didn't get one, make sure you grab one. Um, and we talked about it, that God's going to reveal his power in ways this year that fill us with a sense of wonder. And I want you to think about, just pause for a minute, think about the most beautiful place you've ever been. Just think, like, where's the most beautiful place? Like, the place that just, you went, oh, wow. Like, where is it? Anybody? Just shout it out. Where's, where's the place you've been that created that in you? Anybody? Grand Canyon. All right. Italy. All right. That's Kevin. All right. Ireland, yeah, all right. Alaska, all right, some cool places. Maui, yes. Let's go there now. <laughs> Maui. Maui sounds nice. Um, all right, so I mean, there's these places. You, you can think about this place that just causes wonder. And as we think about this world, think about this. The world had a beginning, Right? Like every place you've ever seen, every, every place you've ever been that's just that, that creates something in you, there once was a time when none of that existed. Like none of it. And the writer of Genesis tells us about how this world began. Now, um, just so we're clear, um, the writer wasn't there during the creation of the world. Okay, this is, this is a revelation from God. Um, Moses is Credited often with authorship of, of much of Genesis, we don't know for sure because it was a long time ago. It was written sometime around uh, 1500 to 2000 BC. That's when uh, this book was actually dated. They can they can trace their writings back. So this this was written a long long time ago. But let's just say for agreement, can we just agree that God wrote it? Does that God wrote this? So God reveals something about His creation, and uh, it's called Genesis. The word Genesis comes from the Greek word meaning beginning. I mean, this couldn't be like a more appropriately titled book in the entire Bible, like Genesis, the beginning. Um, and 
as we think about the beginning of the world, I mean, think about how delicate and how fragile and how important that beginning must have been. I mean, this is God making the world, right? So there's got to be this sense of, like, every detail matters. You're not just, like, making an art project or a science fair thing, right? There's not your kid at the table with Play-Doh. Look what I made. No, this is, you're making the world, right? Like, this is hugely important. So we're going to read this, Genesis 1, verse 1. Here it goes. You ready? It's going to be on the screen if you'd like to read along in the Bible as you can. It says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and empty. And darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Can we just pause there? Oh. Like try, I know, it's hard. We know the rest of the story. But just try and walk through this. It was dark. It was formless and empty. And the Spirit of God was hovering over water. So there's water somewhere. Because the Spirit of God was like hovering over it. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, making the first day. Then God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heaven from the waters of the earth. And that is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. And God called the space sky. And evening passed. And morning came, marking the second day. We're going to stop there. Yeah, you're like, yeah, I'm not going to go through the whole creation story right now. I'm just going to do a little bit of time. So let's just take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for what you have revealed through your word. Lord, teach us something about who you are today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. In the beginning. I love those three words. Aren't they great words? In the beginning. Every story has a beginning. Right? You're watching... You know, movies, it's got, you know, Star Wars, you know, it's going to, the, the words are going to come, right? They're going to scream, you know, stream across the screen and, you know, that's, that's the beginning of the movie. Right? I heard that was the big, they were upset about the new Star Wars because it didn't do that. Rogue One, if you did, they didn't do the scrolling words, come on. Star Wars can't start till the words scroll, you know that. All right? Like once upon a time, in the beginning, right? We've got these words, always, every story. Your story had a beginning. My story had a beginning. Your parents' story had a beginning. Your grandparents' story had a beginning. And there was a time before your story began. There was a time when you weren't. I can't imagine what the time was like before the world began when there just wasn't anything. I don't know what that was like. Just nothing. Just think about it. Nothing. No sound. No activity. Just nothingness. It's like an introvert's paradise. Just nothing. Right? Silence. And in the beginning... And the next word, I love it. In the beginning, God. God. In the beginning, God. See, this is going to hurt your head maybe a little bit, but um, God was before the beginning. John 1, 1. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. And Moses says this in Psalm 90, verse 1. It says, Lord, through all generations you have been our home. Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from beginning to end, you are God. See, God doesn't have a beginning. Again, this is one of those things, how, how does that work? I don't know. You've got to find somebody smarter. 
I don't know. Find the smartest person in the room, go ask them. But God, before the beginning, God was. I don't know what to tell you, just what the word, just what it says. You deal with it. He's timeless. He's infinite. He's not bound by time like we are. He's the beginning of everything. Nothing preceded him. Everything is the result of his activity. He is the first cause. He is the only cause. It just says, in the beginning, God. My dad used to say things like, when I was a kid, right, he had to walk uphill to school. Both ways. That he carried a hot potato to keep his hands warm. And then he ate it for lunch. <laughs> you remember that, right? Yes, yes. He did. He did. I, back in my day, see, when God says back in the day, right, it means like way back. So anytime you're not sure if God understands what you're going through, just remember, he is literally older than dirt. God doesn't have a beginning. He precedes everything. The first act of God now recorded in history, okay? Now, here's the first act of God recorded in history was as a creator. In the beginning, God created. The first thing God reveals about himself, the first thing he ever does is he creates. He formed, he shaped, he made. It requires imagination and vision. Right now, raise your hand if you consider yourself an artist. Anybody consider yourself an artist? Like, okay, one. Raise your hand if you have a Pinterest account. All right, come on. Okay, there you go. Okay, now we're getting a little closer to people who think you're artists. All right. If you if you want a good book on this, read uh, The Artisan's Soul by Erwin McManus. You may be more of an artist than you think you are, but uh, we're all artists in some way. But it says that, so. Here are some works of the greatest artists in in history. Okay, how about Michelangelo? Right, you guys, you're familiar, you know Michelangelo, the, the creation of Adam. You know, we've got this great, great uh, painting, uh, Da Vinci, Leonardo Da Vinci. Here we go. Everybody familiar with that, right? That's Beth. No, I'm kidding. All right. Um, how about Monet? Any any good art students? Monet here? You know, Sunset by Monet. Anybody? No? Any art art students? All right. Uh, Frank Lloyd Wright. Anybody know who he is? Great artist, great architect. All right. This is the uh, Chapel of the Holy Cross in Sedona. I've actually been there and seen it. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, we have a uh, I have that Christmas ornament from there. Um, uh, how about Ansel Adams? Anybody know Ansel Adams? Great photographer. I mean, I want to go. I just want to. I just want to go everywhere he's been. Holy cow! If you see his pictures, they're just unbelievable. And I think all in black and white. Um, and the greatest artist of all in American history, Bob Ross, right? We know, we know. I mean, come on. Well, we're talking arts, the greatest artists in history. See, creators have a vision for what could be. They always start with a blank canvas. I mean, come on. He makes that in like 10 minutes. I don't know how he does it all the time. Plus that hair. Oh, man. See, creators have to see what isn't there. And what they begin with is far from what their creation will be. So the first two things God created, think about this. The first thing God created says he created the heavens and the earth, the atmosphere, the skies, abode, right? The, the, and, and the ground, it says, the, the, the terra firma, the land. And it says this, this heavens and earth, it says he kind of created this heavens and earth, and it says and it was formless. See, we, we, we think of it, and this, even this picture is deceptive because it was round, but it was, it was formless. It was empty. It was nothing. And it says it was void, it was a wasteland, and it was dark, it was hidden, it was secret. So almost like a, like a soup of just 
matter. I don't know. It just says it was formless. And it says, and the Spirit of God was kind of hovering over all of it. That hovering is, is it means gentle and soft, sort of like an eagle hovers over its young. Right? It says this sense of hovering, this calm peacefulness. It's not like chaos and wow, great. No, it was, God was hovering. It was in control, but it was just formless. God had created something, but it wasn't anything. It was just formless and dark. And then he spoke. I love this. Then God spoke and he said, let there be light. And there was light. Think about that. Like we know the story, so we just take it for granted. We move on. He just said it. And it was. Like, how cool if you could be like, Alexa, create light. And there was light. See, the best we can do is say, you know, Alexa, play Pandora, right? And it says, panda bears, right? And it goes into this whole thing, like, God simply spoke and there was light. Now, you have to remember, there was no sun yet. This was pre-sun. This was just light. Just said illuminate. Just light. God speaks into nothingness and creates something. There's nothing there. And not just something. And it says, and God saw that the light was good. It was good. Good like good enough. Good like not bad. Good like I like it. Like what kind of good is God talking about here when he says it's it's good? When God says good, he means couldn't be better. It's perfect. It's just right. God was saying this is perfection. He, you know, here's what God's saying. He's saying this is good. Oh, it's good. You know, like, like lots of O's. Like good. Like, and that's it. Day one done. Now, disclaimer for anybody who wants to talk about the literal versus figurative days. I'm not going to go there. I don't know. It just says in a day, that was day one. How long that took? Was it a literal seven days? Was it a figurative seven days? Here's what you need to know. It says in day one, God created light. That's what God tells us because that's what he wants us to know. The Bible also says a day can be like a thousand years to the Lord. So if that was a thousand years, hey, it doesn't matter. Does it matter? Here's what you need to know. God did it. Walk away. No useless arguments, please. You weren't there. Nobody else was there. You're not going to convince me that you know. God was behind it. It doesn't threaten him if it was a day or if a thousand years. It doesn't matter. He did it. Day one, light. And the next day, God has some eggs and bacon, hash browns, and he gets back to it. And he says, okay, now, uh, where were we? All right, yeah, let's, uh, let there be space between the waters of heaven and the waters of earth. And I'll call that space sky. I'll call it sky. God just speaks into the nothingness that he can now see because there's light. So he sees now. Oh, turn the light on. Oh, right. Now I can see all the nothingness. That's right. There's space. I'll call that sky. So now there's water up and water below. And there's space. And he calls it sky and it's atmosphere. I mean, can you imagine what that just sounded like? Like, like, I don't know, like, I can't even just think about, like, just space. Like, oh, man, 
I would just love to have just seen it from God's perspective. And God says, wow, that's enough for today. Let me go check Facebook now. He's done. After two days, God has created light and space and a formless and empty world, a soup of matter divided by this atmosphere. So you've got water, water, and space, and, but you can see it. And God looked at this nothingness, this nothingness with space. He looks at this and smiled, and he always says, he goes, this is good. This is good. Now remember, beginnings are delicate. So a few takeaways here. One is this. God can make something good out of nothing. You may be sitting here today and feeling like you have absolutely nothing to offer in your life. I am nothing. Let me tell you. God needs nothing to make everything. He made light and sky from nothing. Everything you came, everything you see, right? It came from nothing. You know, ex nihilo means out of nothing. God spoke. And things that weren't, all of a sudden they were. See, God can and wants to create good in your life. And he can do it with nothing. You know what he needs from you? Nothing. He doesn't need anything. Abraham and Sarah were 100 years old. And she became pregnant with Isaac. It was, it was miraculous. And there was nothing to work with. It says her womb was like dust. She <laughs> was 100. And Paul writes this about Abraham. He says, he believed in the God who brings back the dead to life and who creates new things out of Nothing. So your willing heart for God to do something in your life is more than God needs to do what He wants. God needs nothing from you. He creates out of nothing. And He creates something good. And not just good, it'll do. Oh, it's, it's good. I mean, it's like the best cannoli you've ever had. Right? And you go, oh, oh this isn't just good, this is... This is transcendent. This is, this is good, right? God doesn't need the most talented or the wisest or the best looking. He doesn't start with like what everybody, he didn't start with a starter kit, right? Of like, okay, let's see, a starter kit we need, right? This, this shaped body, we need this kind of mind, we need this kind of talent and ability and this kind of family structure and this kind of background. We, we need the best and the brightest and the smartest and the best looking. No, actually what he prefers is the opposite. Paul tells us this, he says, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you, very few of you, reading this, most likely none of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame the things who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world. Ready? Things counted as nothing. And use them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. See, God loves starting with nothing. He always starts with nothing when he wants to make something good. So let me just say, if you are here today and you feel like nothing, congratulations. It is your lucky day. You are primed and ready for God to create his masterpiece in your life. Everybody, I am nothing. I'm in the nothing club. God, blank canvas. Go ahead. You got nothing to work with. You have nothing to work with here. No brains, no ability, no nothing. Go ahead, God. Do your good work in me. God is the God who creates something good out of nothing. And don't miss this. Here's the second thing. God always creates in order. 
He always creates an order. He didn't start with people or trees or even the sun. Like, oh, if I want to create a world, well, let's start with the world. No, he didn't do that. Well, let's start with the sun, right? Because everybody's in the orbit around this. No, he didn't do that. He started with light. He was like a painter stretching his canvas. Actually, I love this. The word, when it says God said, let there be space, it says that word is actually this word for stretching. Like stretching a canvas. God was actually stretching the canvas. Like I worked as a painter for like 15 years, kind of a provider for our family <laughs> before, you know, uh, we, we did stuff. I, I, it helped. And let me tell you, in painting, if you've ever painted, 60 to 70% of your painting work is prep. Before you ever open a can of paint, you've got to sand the walls. You've got to prep the walls. You've got to spackle. You've got to repair stuff. The paint is like the last thing you do. You've got to stretch the canvas first and get things ready. God was just getting ready for the world. You may look at what God has done in your life and say, it looks like a whole lot of nothing to me. Maybe God's in my life now and now I can see it, but I still see a whole lot of nothing. Remember, God is preparing your canvas for his brush. What you think is the nothingness is the, God, you're really not doing a whole lot in my life. Everybody else, it looks like they got so much more going on in their life. And when you look at me, it just looks like light and space. Just nothingness, formless, void that I can see. Let me tell you, if you have breath, a name, and a story, then that's something God created. And when God creates, here's what you need to know. When God creates, everything he makes is good. Everything. There are certain restaurants, you know, you can't get a bad meal. You, ever, you know, you have that restaurant that you like that you go there and you can't get a bad meal there. Every time you go there, you like it, right? I, Metro North in Princeton. Anybody been to Metro North in Princeton? Like, I love that place. I've never gotten a bad meal there. It's just a great, every time I go, it's, it's great. God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't have a, a stinker. You may think, man, God, you made this person, you blew it. God, you messed up here, like, ooh, I wouldn't have put that eye there. You know, like, a little closer maybe. I don't know, like, God, really, that attitude? Like, like, I don't know, like, God, I would have done something a little different with that person. Let me tell you, if God is creating it, it's good. And I know that because he calls it good, not me. If you go on Yelp or Amazon, God has reviewed your life, and he said, you are good. And if God calls it good, it's better than what I call great. If God calls something good, it's, it's wonderful. Most important of all, if God creates something. So think, if you're created, right, which you are, you're good. And you're not just good, you're, you're good. And if God creates something, he is on his way to making everything. So God sees the end when we only see the beginning. He will see what will be when we only see what is. So we've got hindsight bias. When we read the creation story, we know what the world ends up looking like. Right? We know the end of the story. Right? We've seen Maui. We've seen Alaska. We've seen the Grand Canyon. We've seen all this stuff. We know what the end picture is. We know what God's working towards. So we don't have any problem 
with light and space because we know what's coming. But when you're living in the light and space, you know what happens? Go, God, what are you doing? It just looks like a lot of nothing. Is this it? Do you even know what you're doing, God? Remember, Anna and I had a chance last year to sit through a uh, a course in Florida under a man named Dr. Mark Rutland, and he was a president at a college and visionary leader and always doing great things. And um, he talked about how he always wanted there to seem like there was activity on campus, and so they were always doing construction. And there came to be a time, you know, people get energy, they see construction, we're always on the move, always building. And there came a time where they'd finished all their projects, and the maintenance guy, the director said, what do we, what do we do? Uh, we're done. And he said, uh, walk with me. So they walked. He says, uh, they found a sidewalk. He said, what's up with the sidewalk? And he goes, uh, I don't know. He says, um, says, is it going to be a problem? The president says, is it going to be a problem if we dig the sidewalk up? He goes, I don't think so. He goes, okay, well, just dig it up and put some caution tape around it. Okay, so they dig it up with some caution tape. And he was giving a tour of the campus to some parents. And they said, so what's going on? And he goes, oh, it's going to be good. He has no idea. He said he just wanted to, the illusion that they were doing something. So just dig it up and you know pretend maybe someday we're going to do something there. I don't know, but it was just dig it up. There's this illusion that I'm going to start something, right? God doesn't just dig up your sidewalk and say, I don't know. I'll start something, but I don't have any idea what I'm doing over there. Everything God starts, he knows what the end is going to be like. He's more like the sculptor Gutzen Borglum. You like that name? He's the guy who carved Mount Rushmore. And in addition to Rushmore, one of his greatest works is the head of the Lincoln in the Capitol at Washington. He cut it from a large square block of stone in his studio. I mean, that thing's huge. It says, one day when the face of Lincoln was just becoming recognizable out of the stone, a young girl was visiting the studio. And she was staring at it. And she looked at the half-done face and she turned to the sculptor and said, is, is that Abraham Lincoln? And he says, yeah, that is. And she looks and she goes, how in the world did you know he was in there? God sees the end. and We only see the beginning. He knows what he's doing. He sees both who you are and who you will be. What joy for those in whom God has begun the work. I invite Nikita to come on back up and she's going to play. But I want to encourage you with this. God always finishes what he starts. So this is just the beginning. In the beginning, God created. And in your life, you may be sitting here going, man, I feel like a whole lot of nothing going on. Or I'm not sure what God is doing. And it just looks like I see stuff, but it's just sort of formless. And I don't even know what God's doing. Philippians 1, verse 6. And I am certain that God who began... The good work, what kind of work? The good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day Christ Jesus returns. Let me tell you, somebody, somebody shared that verse with me when I was in college, and it was one of the most encouraging verses I ever heard. Someday you're going to be done. If God has begun something good, he's going to finish that good thing. So God can make something good out of nothing. God always creates an order. Everything God makes is good. And he will finish what he started. So what? So what? God made light. So what? Perhaps today, as we talk, you, you, 
you just said, that's me. You know, I, I feel like nothing. I've got stuff, but maybe not, nothing of substance. I just don't feel, I feel formless. That nothing is the atmosphere in which God can create everything. And if that's you today, I want to just give you an opportunity in a little bit just to ask God to speak those first words into your spirit. See, God is the God who can speak into your life and just say, let there be light. I love that. I love it. God just, he needs nothing from me. He needs nothing from you. God just says, hey, don't create something good. You ready? Watch this. Let there be light. All right. Now that we've got light, let's stretch this canvas. Let's just stretch this canvas and get ready. God, I see blank canvas. I see nothing. No beauty. Nothing anybody would stop and marvel at. And he's saying, you have no idea what I'm still yet to do in your life. Would you just bow your heads with me this morning? As we take a moment to talk to God. God, you have created us. And you don't need a thing from us. And until we awaken to this truth, we've, we live in a fog-like darkness. But you are here to say, let there be light. And as we're praying, if you're here today, and you just want God to begin his good work in you, if that's you, would you just lift your hand and say, God, create something new in me. I ask you to begin your good work in me. Anyone else? Say, God, begin your good work in me. God, we thank you for being the great creator, the timeless one, the author of everything good. And in this moment, you've seen our hearts, you've seen our hands, and those who have raised their hands to this morning. God, speak. Let there be light. Begin something new today. In this moment, it's a holy moment. And God, if there are those who maybe this is not, just not sure in their spirit if this is right for them, Lord, would we just remember that at any moment we could turn to you and you're ready and waiting to speak those initial words in our lives. You need nothing from us. Our willingness and open heart is more than you need. And once you begin to create something good, you will bring it to completion. You are the God who finishes what you start. And everything you make is good. God, we all join together today to thank you, not only for starting the work, but for finishing it. We are each a work in progress. And one day we'll be done. And if you're here today and you just say, I've, I know God has started the work in my heart. But it feels like I'm just not going anywhere. I don't see him continuing to create. I don't see his continuous work. And I feel like there's just nothing good in me. And you just need God to remind you that he's still at work in your life. Would you just raise your hand and say, God, let me know you're still at work in my life. Heavenly Father, fill us with hope today. We invite you to continue to make something good in us, Lord. Let us be aware of the good things that you're doing. Lord, you are God who creates an order. 
we want the finished product. We want the end. But Lord, you, you create with wisdom, with intentionality, with design. You know what you're doing. We give you freedom to create as you would. You're the great creator. It's the first thing you revealed about yourself. In the beginning, you created. We thank you, God, that you're so at work in our world. Fill us with a holy wonder as you create in us each and every day. Give us eyes to perceive your hand at work. And Lord, we thank you for the hope that we have. That we are a work that will be finished one day. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about Life Tree, please check us out online at lifetreecc.com.